Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Last week, we started our series on Christmas, the fruit of the Spirit at Christmas time. And this morning, we are going to continue in that. Last week, we started talking about uh, love and joy. And did anybody find, as you're pushing farther to Christmas, did you have a little bit more joy in your week this past week? Anybody? A little more joy? A few people? That's good. That's good. Um, we want to be joyful at Christmas. It is a time to celebrate. It is a time to uh, be with family, which I know can bring lots of different emotions, lots of different feelings at Christmas time. Um, as we continue today, we're going to continue and we're going to talk about uh, peace and patience and how these two really kind of go hand in hand. And when we get to the Christmas season, um, it does stir up a whole pile of different emotions. Uh, there's excitement, there's joy. I don't know about you, but it's always exciting to see the uh, excitement on kids' faces, and I think that we should still be excited as parents and, and as adults and have enjoy the Christmas season. Um, but it does bring stresses. Anybody get stressed out about buying Christmas presents? Yeah? Anybody else? I have to be cautious as I do. I see a lot of men shaking their heads no. It's probably because your wife buys them. So she feels the extra stress. I really like, there's a couple, there's a whole bunch of photos on Facebook, but there's one that says, I enjoy Christmas because as the kids open the presents, they're as surprised as dad to see what's inside. Um, and so anybody else, I have to, I, I'm treading gently. Melissa's in the room at the beginning this time. She wasn't last time. Um, anybody else? Not only feel the stress of buying the present, but the stress of giving the present. Any, any present stressors of like, will they actually like the gift? Anybody? A few pe- There's more people in this service. All right, so maybe that's why you're in on this one. Um, I'm getting the look of like, what did you actually say? Um, I'm going to talk to you guys. <laughs> My mindset is this. If you don't ever have to, like, I don't stress when I give you a present because all that's in my mind is I'm giving you a present. And so you don't have to worry. Like, if you ever gave me a present, I'm going to like it. If I give you a present and you don't like it, take it back. <laughs> or most likely, if you're a guy, I probably bought you a present that I actually really like. So if you don't want it, <laughs> just give it back to me. Um, no, I honestly think at Christmas time, there's this stress on both sides. We stress out, like, will they actually like this? Will they won't? And um, I always say, I'm so simple. I like socks. I'm, I really do. It's not one of those things of like, oh, yeah, no, he always gets socks. No, I love socks. I love new socks. Um, when I worked in a sporting goods store, we always got, like, socks at 50% off. And we all know that socks aren't expensive. And so when you get them at, like, 50% off, you buy more. At least I did because I like the feel of new socks on my feet. And it's just this weird thing. I know, and I'm okay. If you're brand new with us, I am this weird. Um, 
and they have to be ankle socks because I just don't like to fold them down and I don't like socks up high. I think they should be just shoe level and then it's over. This is too much information for all of you, but it's just letting you know. This is the way it is. At Christmas time, when I open up socks, I'm thrilled. Um, and so I, when it comes to Christmas, there's so many different emotions that we feel that when it comes to Christmas, I believe a lot of us struggle to have the peace of God, the peace of God. And the peace of God, in my mind, goes so close with the love and the joy of the Lord. Because most of you will understand and connect the dots that when you feel full of love, you automatically have joy. And in those seasons, you will realize life's kind of smooth. I actually feel at peace. And so it all goes together that when we fully have God's love, when we trust him and we celebrate who he is, we'll have the joy of the Lord. And when we have that, we just kind of come to peace and it follows the love and the joy in our lives. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love the way he starts this verse off. For all of us in the room at Christmas time, it's just this simple. He just says, don't be anxious about anything. There you go. So that's, thank you very much, Paul. I feel a little anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. I don't know about you, but at Christmas time, or most times in life, it doesn't seem that simple to me. Anybody else have times where you're like, you're stressing out and somebody just goes to you and just like, don't be anxious about anything? Man. Feels so much better. <laughs> he does go on though and says, says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, we're supposed to pray, we're supposed to seek God with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. I've learned over the last year, year and a half, the importance of thanksgiving in my life. And that's not the turkey dinner Thanksgiving. It's actually like thanking God. And I begin all, every day thanking the Lord for the things in my life. And I end every day by thanking the Lord for everything in my life. Because here's the thing that's going on in our lives. Here's what we need to understand. It doesn't matter how rough and how tough your life is in this moment. There are still things that you can be thankful for. And yes, life can be hard, life is challenging, but if you concentrate and think about it for a moment, you will find things to be thankful for. And as Melissa said a little while, a little earlier, just about what are we concentrating on? What are we thinking about? Do you realize that today's world, we don't deserve anything? Do we understand that as Christians? Do we understand that as adults? That everything we have is a gift from God. Every bit of knowledge that we have, the Bible tells us if we lack wisdom, ask. If we have a good thought, it comes from God. So everything that we have, we should be thankful for. Well, no, Chad, I worked really hard in school. I have this degree, therefore I have this job, and therefore I earned this, and therefore this is what I, I get. No. God gave you the brain. He gave you the work ethic. 
He got you the job, and therefore you receive because of what he's given you. And what we have to realize is in today's society, what I hear so much about is how the millennials are so entitled. Man, they just have this entitlement about them. Can I tell you a secret? It was taught to them. Oh, it's the school system. No. It was taught to them by us. By the generations before them. Oh, I'm not entitled. We're all entitled. If you don't think you're entitled, just think about the last time you were at a restaurant and you sat down and you ordered your food and somebody came down and sat down and ordered their food and theirs came before yours. Why did they get theirs before me? Anybody, anybody like myself, has anybody ever ordered a coffee before or a latte or whatever you want to order? Uh, you can order a tea and, and you walk up to the counter and you order and then they give it to you and you look in your cup and you go, you could have got more in here. <laughs> Just me? I'm entitled to a point that I think they could fit half a centimeter more coffee in my cup. Where's our thankfulness gone? Are we entitled to a point that when we walk into God's house, we're anticipating it done the way we want it done? It's not done the way we like. Are we entitled to a point where we believe church is about us? When was the last time we were thankful that we could walk into a building, worship our Lord, with at this moment no threat of being arrested? Where's our thankfulness? See, I believe as we're thankful, as we celebrate who God is, when we are celebrating and thankful, that's when peace comes. Because see, peace comes in my life when I'm not searching for more things. Paul says he's learned to be content when he has lot and when he has little. Are we content? Are we at peace with God? See, here's the thing as this scripture goes on. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. How many of you realize that we need to have the peace of God without understanding? The peace of God does not equal understanding. I don't know about you, I like to understand. I like to know what's going on. I like to know plans from A to Z. I don't like not knowing what plan B. You won't really see me move to A unless I know what B is. It's just God's working in me. But if you think, no, no, I'm pretty good, let me ask you a question. If you were going to follow anybody, it could be anybody you want, it could be me, whatever, and all of a sudden we're heading downtown Toronto somewhere. And we just say, oh, what's the address? No, no, don't worry, just follow me. How many people are at peace? We have peace when we know the destination. We have peace when we know I don't need to try to follow a vehicle on the 401 in the craziness of life. 
when I can get in my car and I can program the address and not worry about keeping up with any one of you, and I just listen to Surrey tell me where to go. Obviously, I said that wrong because a bunch of people over here were saying the proper term for the phone's name. Deep down, I don't care. Yeah, I don't like the fact that it talks to me. It usually tells me recalibrating. But most of us would rather know where we're going. Most of us would rather not try to just trust and have peace when we don't understand. How many of you, when you're in a situation, you actually just, Chad, for me to have peace, I just need to know what God's plan is. But God doesn't work that way. He wants to give us the peace that passes all understanding. And when we receive that peace, see what the scripture says that it does. It guards your heart. It'll guard your heart. When you trust God over understanding, your heart will be protected, your mind and your thoughts will be protected. Those thoughts that run away from you, that keep you up at night, that you just wish you could sleep, you just wish that you weren't anxious about things, it's coming back to trusting him beyond your understanding. The peace keeps us remembering that God is a good God. See, we like to believe God is a good God when things are good. But when things are not good, God is still good. But is it good enough? Does it pass our understanding? See, some of us, we honestly think that God is a partial God. Well, he shows more favor on other people, but he's not a partial God. The favor that rests on others can rest on you. What happens is that some people choose to follow him and have a close relationship with him, and they will experience possibly more favor because of their trust level. So it actually has nothing to do with God. It has to do with you. When we're trying to hear from God, and we're trying to get close to him, I started listening to a new book on Thursday, and while I was driving, and he makes this connection of hearing God. And he makes this connection of God being the Father, and us being the children, that's not fresh revelation for anybody in the room. But here's what he talks about, and it just kind of, it challenged me enough, it hooked me, I'm going to listen to the rest of the book. That He talks this way. If we think about a child, when a child first tries to start communicating with their father or with their mother, the child is trying to say something, but it makes no sense to anybody. We think it's cute because they sound so cute. But what would happen as my kids are trying to communicate to me that instead of teaching them to communicate like me, I started communicating like them? Can you imagine if all of us communicated the way the nursery sounds right now? So the whole concept of this, the idea is, we need to change our hearing and our communication to the fathers. And as children, we have tried too hard for too long to make him communicate our way. 
where we understand with our own kids it doesn't work that way. And so as we are trying to um, find God's peace and get closer to him, we need to ask him to help us with our communication. Teach us how to communicate the way the Father communicates. Because he is communicating. It's us that is misunderstanding, misinterpreting, and it's because we need to change the way we communicate so we can hear him. Because as we receive his peace, you can have God's peace with life not going well. You can have God's peace when your work isn't going well. You can have God's peace when your health isn't going well. You can have God's peace in challenging times of life. You have his peace when you trust him over what you can see. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, it says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. If we trust God in the hard times, he will give us the peace that we need. The peace that comes when we trust, not understand. Are you willing this morning to trust God over understanding him? Because the peace of God, I believe, is really connected to our trust level of him. As we think of patience at the Christmas season, there's uh, some people in the Christmas story that to me have the utmost level of patience. If you think of the Christmas story, who would you think has patience? All the moms. Mary. And I can't, I can't disagree, but that's not who I have. No, I don't even have Joseph, but you're right. The wise men. The wise men. The wise men to me, the wise men to me have patience. Because, see, here's the thing we have to realize. They saw the star, and then they started traveling from the east. Now, let's understand something when we say travel. How many people here are traveling at Christmas? Few people? Man, a lot of people are just hanging out in Stratford. All right. Few people are traveling. You are either going to get into a car or some sort of vehicle, or you're going to get on a plane. These guys got on camels for their journey. And their journey was a process as they followed a star. None of us can relate to this. None of us can understand that they got on camels, and followed a star. Now realize something. The star that they are following is the same star the the shepherds followed after the angels visited them. Now, how many people in your Christian walk have asked God for something? We've got to pray for shoulders. Anybody ask God for something? All right. Anybody see somebody else receive what you asked for before you did. All right. Follow this. The wise men did not have angels pointed out. They saw it first. I'm guessing. 
Then the angels told the shepherds, go and see. Here is where, if you have your Christmas story understanding from songs or plays that we do, is incorrect. Because every time we do a play, and we'll do it on Christmas Eve again, and we'll have the shepherds up at the manger, and then we'll bring the wise men into the manger. I just want you to know, the wise men never made it to the manger. They never made it to the stable. I could be rocking some of your theology right now, and I'm okay with that. What you need to realize is the journey that the wise men were on took them almost around two years. So by the time they found Jesus, he was a toddler. And so if you're wondering, in Matthew 2, verse 16, it says, Then Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi. So the Magi came to Herod. Can you imagine traveling all this time, finding a king and going, Hi, king. We're actually looking for the other king. We took the wrong off-ramp. Can you direct us to the right king? And that king going, I'm the only one. I'm confused. But when you find the other king, come and tell me. I want to come and worship them as well. The Magi are warned by an angel in a dream, don't go back to Herod, go home a different way. So this is where we're catching up. Herod realizes, whoa, they didn't come back this way. And so outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave the orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. So the Magi traveled for almost two years following a star. How many people eventually after two years would just be like, I think the star is just getting farther away? And how many of you would be a little frustrated to be like, I saw the star, I'm following it. What do you mean the shepherds showed up the same night? We're wise men. And the shepherds got there first? Now, I do understand that this is the part of the Christmas story that we leave out of the place. Right? Like, on New Year's Eve, we're not going to talk about King Herod killing all the two-year-olds. But this is what happened, and this is the Magi have journeyed this far. Some of you are upset that the promise that God has shown you hasn't happened yet, and it's been two days, or two months, or two weeks. No, weeks are shorter than months. We're all in a work in progress, right? But some of us are upset that the promise of God hasn't happened yet. But are you journeying? See, here's the interesting thing with the uh, Magi, the wise men. They didn't see the star sit put and say, the star will get closer. They got up and they journeyed every day closer and closer and closer to the dream that God had spoken to them about. So my question for you is, what is the dream, what is God showing you for your life that you are searching for and pressing into, but are tempted to go, it's been too long. It's too hard. See, patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering 
without getting angry or upset. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay. Some of us can do that. We can accept and tolerate it. Trouble or suffering, some of us can do that. This is the hard part. Without getting angry or upset. I want you to know I've been working hard on this. Now Melissa's in the room this time, so I have to be careful. I am getting better at the capacity to accept and tolerate delay, except in drive throughs They drive me nuts. Is it not a drive through because you're supposed to be driving through? Does anybody else realize, like, nobody is encouraged when they say, uh, sir, if you could just pull up over there, we'll get it to you in a minute. This is a drive through You just sent me to the timeout corner. Like, sorry. I'm working. To accept or tolerate delay, trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. I'm doing well, I believe, I'm not even going to look, but with not getting angry. I think I'm doing well with not getting angry. I'm still working on the whole upset thing, I'm going to be honest. Patience is not one of my like, strong giftings. I'm working on it. Um, but this is what patience is. To accept or tolerate delay. All of us have experienced this. Some of us are in the middle of it. Trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. Joseph in the Old Testament, Joseph, um, he has a bunch of brothers. And they sell him as a slave. First off, right now, I believe every one of us in the room can be thankful that none of our siblings have sold us as slaves. So if you're looking for something to be thankful for, there's one. But here's the thing. As you receive promises of God, I want to talk to you about receiving promises from God and being patient in the process. What you need to understand is God speaks to you, and he speaks whether he gives you a prophetic word through somebody, whether you're reading scripture and you feel an impartation in your heart of a promise from God, or whether it's a promise in scripture that you know is for you. Um, there's a growing process through it. So let me, if you receive a dream or a vision from the Lord where any one of your family members is going to bow down to you, do not share that with other people. Joseph shares this not only once, but twice. What we need to realize is there's times when promises are spoken to us that we need to hold on to them and not let go of them. But here's the thing that you have to realize. I talked about the Magi holding on and seeking out what God's promise was for two years. It took Joseph over 20 years to receive the promise that God gave him. I'm trying to encourage you this morning to not let go of the promises of God. Here's the thing when it comes to promises of God. Here is the thing that as we trust God and we're trying to have patience while we trust God to do his part, my question for you this morning when it comes to his promises, are you doing your part? Because see, here, here is part of um, walking with the Lord. If you received a prophetic word over your life, if you received a dream or anything like that, most times they come with three different categories. Okay, so when you receive a prophetic word over your life, if somebody prophesies over your life, one, I don't let anybody prophesy over my life unless I record it. And the reason for that is because I misunderstand things. Or I will hear one thing and totally not hear another. Right? 
Most of us will. And we always hear, most times, the encouraging things. And so I have heard a prophecy over my life, and then later I've listened to it and go, oh, I missed that part. And so when you have a prophecy, there's three things that will happen. One, God will give you a promise. He will tell you what he is going to do. Okay? The second thing is, he will tell you what you're responsible for. And then he will tell you who you are. He will give you an identity. So when you walk away from the prophecy, you should have an understanding. Here's what God has promised me. Here is what I'm responsible for. And here's who he says I am. So you're able to walk the journey knowing who you are. And here's the great thing about God. Usually his promises list is longer than what your to-do list. But if you're holding on to a promise of God, I would check your to-do list. Most of us don't even realize that. We will say, you know what, I had this prophecy over my life years ago and it just never happened. I think maybe the person was off. Or did you actually go, here's what God has asked me to do. And have we done it to the full capacity of what he's asked us to do? And sometimes maybe he's just asking you to trust him. Hey, you just need to trust him. Are you trusting him 100% with the promise? So September 2018, about just over a year ago, I was at a conference and I had a prophetic word over my life. And I have it still recorded on my phone. I keep all of them so that I can revisit them and remind myself. This prophecy was over 25 minutes long. And that's also why you record them, because ain't none of us remembering most times two minutes, let alone 25. The first 12 minutes of this prophecy were so encouraging. I was sitting there like, this is why I came. This is amazing. Jesus, you are so warm and cuddly. And then it was interesting because it was, it was three people. None of them know me, literally from a hole in the wall. And all of a sudden, one of them reached deep down inside of me and ripped me. He ripped something out of me that I've buried since I was a child and carried through my life, and it's impacted so many parts of my life. And no, I'm not going to tell you what it is, and no, Melissa won't tell you either. But he ripped me open. And for the next 13 minutes, like, you know how you can have an ugly cry? This was like snot cry as they continued on. And I walked out of there feeling horrible, absolutely horrible. And it took me a couple days before I listened to it again. And I don't, Melissa, I don't think you've ever heard it. And when I, she, when I was telling her about it, she's like, can I hear it? I'm like, no way. I don't want anybody to hear this. And so two days later, I sit down, put my headphones on because I don't want anybody to hear this. And I listened to it for a second time. And it was between the first time and the second time that I was given the instructions of what did God say? He will do. What am, Chad, what are you responsible for? And who does God say you are? And so I listened with this. And after the 25 minutes, I was so encouraged. I was so strengthened. Because there were so many promises of God. And at the end of it, I had to do one thing. Just one. Now, that one thing I can tell you was hard. Like I said, I've been dealing with this 
my whole life. And, and most of us as Christians, here's what we say. Hey, have you dealt with that? Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to follow the question up now with this. Who helped you deal with that? Me and Jesus, no. There's a part of me that just goes, no. Because I dealt with this so many times in my life. If you still have anger or hurt and you're not at peace and can walk in patience, you haven't dealt with it. Well, no, no, Chad, Jesus and I, we just kind of talked a little bit, I'm good. So was I because my good was buried. I believe you need to journey with people through things in your life. I believe you need somebody to pray with you, to talk to you. Yes, God is going to do the healing, but who is holding you accountable that it's actually done? Well, no, no, I'm good. Then why are you so angry with this person when they just said this? It's due to that. As I walked through this process, it was hard and it hurt. But when I finished the process and I walked with another pastor who now is a friend and we talk and he helps me and we, and we pray together, there was a whole nother level of good. And there is peace and there is strength. And now when I'm around people in my life that hurt me, there's no hurt. And now when things are said to me, it's not filtered through that. And the thing that I dealt with that they pinpointed and nailed to a T doesn't have the influence in my life. But I had to work through the pain. And here's the thing. Many of us in the room, you are holding on to the promise of God, but he's asked you to do something. Maybe that's just trust him. And you just have a hard time 100% trusting him. Henry Cloud says this, we change our behavior when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. Some of us only change when finally we realize that the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of the change. See, God had given me so many promises in this word that the idea of not dealing with this one thing and letting this all go hurt too much. And can I tell you that since the journey, God's beginning to fulfill those promises. And the joy of watching him do things that you're like, oh, that was right there. That was that promise. Continues to strengthen me to do more that God has asked me to do. Do you have the patience to do your part while waiting for God to do his? If your part is to trust him, do you trust him enough to celebrate others who are getting what you are promised now? If you trust God and you love him and totally 100% trust him with your situation, you will celebrate when others get what you're hoping for. Because you know yours is coming. There's a peace. So this morning I'm asking you to ask God to remind you 
of what you were responsible for. God, in my journey with you, as I, as I am waiting patiently on your promises, remind me this morning, what was it? What is it? What do I need to do? Maybe you need to work on something like I did. And like me, if you need help and guidance to do that, seek help and seek guidance. Because on the other side of it, oh, there's so much joy, there's so much peace, and waiting on God to fulfill his promises is actually possible. Allow God's peace to help you walk with patience this Christmas season and to celebrate with others as you fully trust God to come through on his part of your promises. Let's pray. So, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. We just thank you for how much you guide us and lead us. Lord, I thank you for the peace in our lives. Lord, I thank you that you want to give us the gift of patience. And so, Lord, you're working in all of us. Help us to trust you fully. Help us to journey with you and to walk with you. Help us to have the patience to follow you for our life. And, Lord, give us the strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.